The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the show today. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. And when we say forget patience, we aren't talking about being impatient. We're talking about being proactive. All right. And our goal every week is to help you with skill sets, strategies, ideas to help you grow your sales and your business to the next level. All right. We want to help you in your quest to be the best in business and life. And tonight's topic is a very interesting topic. I was in Chicago the last couple of days working with an organization on this, and the topic is presentation skills. Are your presentation skills helping you or hurting you right now? And I I love to take a poll at the beginning of every one of my workshops on presentation skills, and I ask people, I say, how many of you are nervous. You're fearful of actually getting up in front of people uh, and just speaking. And in this past group, I think I had 21 people in my class, and I would think I think 16 or 17 raised their hands. Yeah, they were fearful. They were they were and they weren't afraid to say it. The other five were afraid. They just weren't candid. But the bottom line is, it doesn't matter who you are. Most of us are afraid to get up in front of a group of people we don't know. And even more so, people we do know, people who sh- who know whether we get it right, if we're saying the right thing, our bosses, co-workers, all right? So it's not uncommon. And, and I'm a professional speaker. I speak in front of a lot of people every year. Uh, and I, my, my, my peers are professional speakers. And one thing, one of the things I'll share with you is we all get nervous. So you're in good company if you get nervous. Uh, we all get butterflies, but what we have learned to do, those of us who do it professionally uh, and those of us who would like to think we do it well, we have learned how to get our butterflies to fly in formation. All right? So that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk about some of the things that can hurt us and some of the things that we need to improve on and be mindful of that could be hindering our success. Because the bottom line is if you're going to move forward in any profession, you're going to have to be able to communicate and influence others, to be able to persuade and to, to and bring across your points in a professional manner that people can embrace. So we're going to be talking about that. And I developed my first workshop on presentations uh, probably 13 years ago. And I had a client call me. And the client said to me, he said, hey, Ty, do you have any workshops on presentations? And I said, you know, that's an interesting question. Tell me why you ask. And he said, well, we gave a presentation last week to a prospective client. 
And I called this week to see how we fared. And they told me that we did not get the business. We did not get the opportunity. So I asked why. Was there, could he share with me why we didn't win? And the person was very candid, Ty, and he said to me, uh, frankly, your company's presentation was the worst we have seen in our entire existence. Now, that's candid. Be careful what you ask for, right? So he said, do you have anything that can help us? I said, you know, I think I do, but let me get back to you in a couple of days and we'll work out the details. So I started calling many of my other clients to say, hey, have you been concerned about your sales professionals or your organization's ability to give effective presentations? And I heard from around North America, oh, my goodness, yes, yes, oh, can you help us? And what was interesting was within a matter of days, I had probably 25 workshops set up. Uh, without a presentation workshop yet. So now I had to develop one. So I pushed out the first workshop, 90 days. And I, I said to my clients, give me the names of some of your prospects or clients where you gave them a presentation in the attempt to win new business. Yet you think your presentation has something to do with losing the opportunity. And I received about 150 uh, names of clients. So I started calling the clients as a consultant. And it's amazing, as a consultant, they would tell me things that they would never tell you. Uh, they say, oh, no, you did a great job. Oh, no, it wasn't you. It was the price. Oh, no, it wasn't you. It was the timing. But they'll tell me, oh, you can't believe, you won't believe what she wore. You won't believe what he said. You won't believe. They give me the truth. So what we're going to do to get started is we're going to run down some of the most common quotes that the client gave. And as we talk about these quotes, you know, just kind of evaluate yourself. And we should, by the way, always be evaluating ourselves. I'm evaluating myself after every show. I go back and listen to every show and I'm the most critical on myself. And if I'm the most critical on myself, then others won't have to be. Okay. So I'm going to go through the list and just say, okay, am I guilty of this? And if I am guilty of this particular topic Ty just mentioned, was it a misdemeanor or was it a felony? And based on the severity, should I get like just some community service time picking up trash along the highway in the state that I live in? Or should I get the needle? All right. All right. So the first one that the customers and the prospects said quite often occurred was they said the presenter literally had no energy. And one of the first rules of thumbs is this. Your energy level should be one step above where your audience is. Okay, so if you have an audience that they came in and their energy level is dragging the floor, then your energy level should be one notch above that. If they come in and their energy level is at the height of the table, then yours has to be one notch above that. If their energy level is on the ceiling, then your energy level has to be on the roof. And I know many of you listening are probably saying, but Ty, that's not really who I am. Well, the key is this. When we're in front of an audience, when we're in front of a prospect or a customer, it's not about you. <laughs> it's all about them. And their, your energy level needs to be at a point where they can receive the content of your message. Now, our energy level should never be exponentially above theirs 
Because if they come in at a certain level and you're bouncing off the walls, they're going to be so distracted by your antics that they can't receive the content of your message. And we don't want that. And your energy level should never be below theirs. Never below theirs, but one step above. You know, another thing they said was, Todd, they read everything. As a matter of fact, we didn't even really need to be there. They could have just sent me the script that they read from, and I could read it at my leisure. You want to interact with your audience. And my recommendation, I know some people write down uh, everything they're going to say, and I've tried doing that. And when I do that, it sounds like I'm reading. And it doesn't sound like I'm engaging my audience. So what my preference to do is basically write down key bullets, key phrases, key points. That, and, and I'll look down at that when I finish one point to see where I need to go next. All right. Uh, because sure as day, if you're reading at some point in your profession, in your career, you're going to lose your spot on the page that you're reading. And that's going to be so embarrassing. And you don't want to do that. Another thing they said was they talked endlessly about themselves. Keep in mind, when you're giving a presentation, the purpose of the presentation is, not, again, it's not about you. It's about how you, your organization, your products, your services can assist that client or that prospect in achieving the goals they have for themselves, for their organization. All right. Now, and I'll give you an example. I had one uh, client that called me after a presentation that they lost and they were trying to figure out what happened. I said, OK, so give me some of the details. And they said, well, we did our research and we found out that the company that we were going to be presenting to they were extremely philanthropic. They donated a lot of money to all types of causes and charities. Well, that's one of the, the strengths of our organization. So we invested the first 15 minutes of our presentation talking about all of our philanthropic uh, events and the things that we've done. And I say, my goodness, that's, that's what it was. They weren't there to hear about your philanthropy. Your philanthropy should have lasted or your comments about your philanthropy should have lasted maybe all of 30 seconds to link or connect to your client, not 15 minutes. It should be all about them. So understand that all decision makers, all of your clients tune into the same radio station every day. And it's called WIIFM. W-I-I-F-M, that's what they all tune in. That stands for what's in it for me. They want to hear about what can you do to help them. And us talking about us ourselves, how great we are, who else thinks we are great, how greatness is defined, how long we plan on being great, it's just not enough. It's just not enough. All right, so let's focus on them. And another comment that I received was, I could not read their visuals. So let's talk about that for a second. If you're going to be using PowerPoint, and please let's not give death, let's not provide death by PowerPoint because PowerPoint is an awesome tool to help you stay organized, keep you on point, and to help 
the client or the prospect visualize and understand what you're talking about. All right, but make sure that your print stands out from the background. So if you have a black print, uh, background, use white print. If you have a white background, use black print. Use some print that's dark and make sure it's large and the print is large enough so anyone can read it wherever they are in the room. And believe it or not, I have seen some really good low tech, low tech presentations using a flip chart. It can still be extremely effective, but again, it needs to be legible and it needs to be where your audience can read it. I, I recommend writing in all capitalization and the letters should be three to four inches. Make sure everyone can read it. The other thing was this. They said they fumbled the questions. They fumbled the questions. And one of the things I like to do in preparation for a presentation, I... I want to know beforehand, what are some of the potentially tough questions my audience could ask me? And I mentioned in some of the earlier shows, I really believe in finding a coach. Now, a coach is someone who has insight into the organization that you're going to be presenting to. They either work for the organization or they may not work for the organization but have access and I, I'll call that person. I'll say, listen, what are some of the questions I need to be prepared to answer for them when they come? What are some of the things you know that they expect their suppliers or their channel partners to be able to do for them? And then I have heard, well, you know, Ty, whatever they get, they want it to be able to pay for itself within three years. If I know that's coming, I need to be prepared to answer that when and if it comes. Or they may say, you know, based on the type of people they hire, they're really going to place an emphasis on reliability and durability. So I need to be prepared for that. The one thing we don't want to do is keep having to say during a presentation when they ask us a question, you know, that's a great question. Um and I don't have an answer for you. However, I will do some research and get back to you. Just keep in mind, when we can't answer questions that they have and we have to get back to them, that prolongs the sales process. That delays you earning their business. But if we can actually answer their questions while they're there and we answer them to their satisfaction, that means now at the end of the presentation, we've actually earned the right to ask for a commitment from them, to ask for their business as a matter of fact. So that's what we want to do. Try to anticipate the tough questions that can come up. Have a response for them so you don't have to call them back. As a matter of fact, at the end of that presentation, you can try to go ahead and get a commitment for their business from them. All right? So... What we're going to do now is we're going to take our first break. It's going to be a short one. And you're listening to Forget Patience. Let's sell something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard. And we are talking about how to be more effective in providing the best presentations to win more business now. So stay tuned. We'll see you on the other side of the break. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. What are the reasons that over three quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Time Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T Y E at T Y E M A N E R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients. Let's sell something with Ty Maynard. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and our phone number for the show is 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790, and you're welcome to call in with comments or questions. And before the break, we were discussing uh, actual quotes that some of the clients that I was working with and improving their presentation skills received, well, I received from customers where they lost business opportunities based on the customer's perception of their presentations. So let's continue on to talk about that. So they said they fumbled the questions, and one of the things I was saying before the break was try to anticipate any difficult questions that could come up beforehand and actually once you find out what they are, and, and give you an example, I've even called the gatekeeper, uh, the administrative assistant to uh, an owner of a company, the president of a company, and I, I was successful in developing uh, a business relationship with her, and she became my coach. And I would say, hey, Tanya, listen, I'm going to have uh, Dan in a presentation tomorrow, and, and I really want to make the best use of his time. And I want to be prepared to answer any questions that could potentially come up. So what are some of the, the, the questions he normally likes to get answers to? And they'll tell you. So don't be afraid to ask questions. The other thing that came up a lot was if you are presenting with another person or even a team, a comment from clients was, you know, the team was contradicting each other. They didn't seem very cohesive. 
And that's one of the things that they're looking at. So, for example, let's say for a moment I'm on a team with Rob and, and I make a comment and I say, you'd be happy to know that our new tablet can store 3,000 telephone numbers. And then my partner, Rob, kind of shakes his head and says, well, Ty, that wasn't really accurate. Uh, excuse me. Uh, he says to the audience, uh, Ty wasn't quite accurate just now when he said the, it can hold 3,000 phone numbers. It actually can hold 3,100 phone numbers. Come on, really? All right, so in a situation, if I got that wrong, my teammates should not contradict me in front of the audience. That's something he can correct me on later and I can come back and 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 correct it with the audience. But they're looking for cohesiveness. Your audience will never tell you this. But their mindset is this. If you and your teammates can't be cohesive for a 20-minute presentation or a one-hour presentation, if their project with you is going to last six months, they're saying, how in the world will you pull it off being cohesive over six months? Now, one of the things that I have seen that is so simple, it's a simple tip, but if you do this when you're working with someone else, to, the, to your audience, it's something that's pleasant to see or hear. If your partner finishes speaking, you just say to that person, great job, Rob. Great job. That makes it appear as though you really get along and you even like each other. The other thing they said was they just rambled on. They just kept talking. And let's talk about that for a second. Selling or presenting is a little different than boxing. All right. If you think about it in a boxing match or if you like uh, what's that? The uh, UFC ultimate fighting mixed martial arts. When you have two opponents in the ring, one of the person throws an overhand or throws a jab and it, it makes solid contact. That person sees the impact it had on the other opponent and they started kind of wandering or wavering about to fall. They go all in and just start throwing uh, a melee of punches. We shouldn't do that to the customer because once you make a point and the customer says, oh, I get it. Oh, I see. A lot of times we say, oh, you like that about that product? Well, let me give you some more. Then we just start spewing on them. We have a tendency to show up and we just start throwing up. All right. Once they they get it, move on to something else. Don't that doesn't mean thank you. May I have another? All right. So let's not just keep talking in presentations. The really good presentations, you'll find this term less is more. Less is more. Another thing they said was, Todd, they just didn't seem to enjoy themselves. And the fact of life is we all have issues. We all have things going on in our lives. None of our lives are perfect. All right. And we constantly going in and out of storms. But the thing is this. When it's time for you to get in front of an audience, when it's time for you to get in front of a prospective person that wants to buy your products, use your services, whatever's going on in your business or personal life, it may sound harsh, but they really don't care. Remember, they're listening to W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? So we need to check whatever's going on in our life, as rough as it is, at the door. 
and then give them our best. And I like to say when we get in front of our audience, it's showtime. It's showtime. So uh, get some enthusiasm. I don't know if there are songs that you like to listen to. Um, I used to like to listen to that song by Black Eyed Peas. Let's get it started in here. All right. Uh, or that song by Usher. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so whatever it is that gets you fired up. Some people listening may like to listen to Leonard Skinner. I don't know. Uh, a country and Western or fusion. I don't know. But whatever it is that gets you fired up, that's what you need to do. Another thing that I would hear consistently is, you know, Ty, when they came, uh, I don't know. It seems to me that was the first time they actually did that presentation. And that's a common thing uh, among business professionals and sales professionals. We, especially if there may be two or three of us giving a presentation, even if it's a solo presentation, we don't practice it. We'll say if it's if it's two or three of us, we'll say, okay, Mike, you're going to give the introduction and I'm going to talk about how we can accommodate technology with our new software. And then, Steve, you do the close. All right. See you in two days. Ready? Break. And I never know what you're going to say. You don't know what I'm going to say. Neither one of us know what Steve is going to say. So when we get in front of the client, it looks disheveled. It looks disjointed. And we don't make a good impression. All right. So one of the things that I've, I've noticed with some of my clients who who have taken my advice on presentations, when they get actual presentation, their closing ratios are 80 percent. If they get in front of you and give a presentation, their closing ratio is 80%, which is high, but they also do full dress rehearsals. So by the time they actually get into in front of the client for the first time, they may have done that presentation two or three times. So that builds their confidence. They know what the other person is going to say. And they are extremely ready for it. And people pick up on confidence. And, and the interesting thing about confidence, confidence is this. When we sense confidence in another person, it's attractive to us. When someone comes across as nervous or uncertain or unsure, we have a tendency to reject those types of individuals. And then the other comment that I receive sometimes when I talk about, hey, you really need to do a full dress rehearsal, but time. I'll get this. We just don't have time. We're so busy. We don't have time. Now, with many of my clients, they're they're pursuing uh, high dollar items. You know, it could be fifty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars, three million dollars. And my question is, how many man hours do you put in the pursuit of some of your opportunities, opportunities that you're pursuing? And one of the comments I heard. Uh, two days ago was what well, you know was suit shoot some of the opportunities we're putting hundreds of man hours in the pursuit of it i say what well, why is it if you're willing to put hundreds of man hours in the pursuit of it you aren't willing to invest an extra hour or two to improve your odds of winning it so we have to we have to practice and nobody likes to practice but it is so necessary to be at the top of our game. It is so necessary. So I'm going to add another thing that they didn't mention, but it actually happened to me. And so if I can help you, uh, that's a great thing. 
But uh, the thing that I want to add is dress one step above where you think your audience is going to dress. Dress one step above where you think your audience is going to dress. Several years ago, I was doing a, a keynote presentation on leadership to a group of executives in the, in the Midwest. It was 800 executives for a Fortune 100 company. And the meeting planner, I asked her, I said, so what's the attire going to be? And she said, oh, the attire is going to be business casual. Well, I said, you know, business casual can mean different things to different people. So when you say business casual, what do you mean by that? She said, well, your audience is going to be wearing um, khaki pants, dockers, and golf shirts. So I said, okay. So dressing one level above where I thought they were going to be, I wore some nice dress slides, you know, and a mock turtleneck shirt. I thought I was looking pretty nice. And then I showed up into a room that was full of 800 people wearing suits. And as well as I knew my material and I was capable of giving the presentation, they couldn't connect with me based on my dress. They were wearing suits and I was wearing something that they thought was inappropriate. And they, and they were probably saying to themselves, who is this Yahoo? And as a result, based on the, the energy of the room, I started lacking in confidence a little bit. So what I did was I gave an earlier break than I was supposed to, and I gave a longer break than I was supposed to. And fortunately for me, there was a clothing store a block away. And I ran down there, and that seamstress got the biggest tip of her life because within a matter of a short period of time, she had me in a suit. And when I showed back up in the suit... It was interesting now how my audience reacted to me. Uh, now they started engaging with me. They started raising their hands. They started communicating. And the presentation ultimately ended up really well. And I was uh, in the restroom a little later on. And, you know, some of these restaurant restrooms, they kind of snake around and you don't know who's on the other side of the wall. Well, I heard two guys talking and say, hey, you know, the guy we had earlier today, did you notice how he was dressed one way in the first part of his segment? And the second part of his segment, he was dressed another way. You know, I think that was a message in that. They say, man, that guy was deep. And they had no idea. I was really underdressed. There was nothing deep about it. OK, <laughs> um, so. What that taught me was it's okay to overdress because if I had on an entire suit and they ended up being really underdressed, I can take my jacket off. I can pull my tie off. I can roll my sleeves up. I can do something to, to, to basically dress down. But if you're caught in a situation like I was, there's the point of no return. You won't always have a clothing store near you. And when I called the meeting planner, turns out uh, she gave me the wrong meeting. So dress one step above where you think your audience is going to be because you only get one opportunity to make a first impression. And it's time for us to take another short break. And this is Ty Maynard. And you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. All right. And you're listening to the Voice America Business Channel. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and we're talking about presentation skills. I mean, if we're going to grow in any area of our professional life and even our personal life, we have to do an exceptional job of being a good communicator, being able to uh, present being able to influence, being able to persuade, uh, being able to show that we're passionate about the topics that we discuss. And we were just talking about basically uh, some of the quotes that some clients have received regarding their presentations when they lost the business. And, and just to recap them very quickly, they said they had no energy. They read everything. They talked endlessly about themselves. They couldn't actually read the visuals. Uh, they fumbled questions and contradicted each other if they were presenting in a team format. They just kept talking when they, they, they should have just stopped talking. I think that was a, a rap song that came out in the 90s uh, by Run DMC. And, and if we aren't careful, that's our, as sales professionals, that's our, our uh, motto. It's like you talk too much. You, just, you never shut up. I say you talk too much. You know, we just keep talking, so we have to be mindful of that. The another, other thing they said was they didn't seem to enjoy themselves. And, and, the, and what we said before the break was when we get in front of our audience, it's showtime. doesn't matter what's going on in our lives, and we all have stuff going on, whether it's financial, sometimes it's relational, sometimes it's health-wise. You know, we got we to gotta give it our best when we're in front of the audience. And we also talked about, they said that sometimes they thought it was the first time they actually did the presentation. And we were talking about how important it is to do dress rehearsals, to practice where you actually speak out what you're going to say aloud. Be careful of thinking, okay, I'm just going to say it in my head. I promise you, if you give do the dress rehearsal in your head, 
it's going to sound perfect in your head. But as soon as you start talking aloud to your audience, it, it could fall apart. So practice aloud. Actually record yourself. And the last thing I said was that we should actually dress one step above where we think our audience is going to be. In other words, if they're going to be in jeans, I would wear some nice dress slacks and a nice dress shirt. Okay, if we think they're going to be in a dress slacks and dress shirt, add a sports coat to it. But one step above. All right? So let's keep it moving. Let's continue on. You know, I was talking earlier about uh, USA Today did a survey several years ago, and they identified, they surveyed the United States for the seven worst human fears. Seven worst human fears. And I'm going to share this with you almost like in, in, with David Letterman, you know, where he had the top ten things, but he started at the bottom. I'm going to start at the seven. Believe it or not, number seven, as far as U.S. fears, was death. That was the least of their fears. And I guess they figured if they were dead, they'd have to worry about the other ones. But so n- number seven was death. Number six was long-term sickness, long-term illness. Number five was deep water. I don't know if that came from Jaws or whatever, fear of drowning. I don't know. Number four was financial problems, loss of income, loss of jobs, loss of money. Number three, believe it or not, was insects and bugs. We're more afraid of insects and bugs than we are of death. Number two was heights. And number one for Americans was speaking before a group. And we have a tendency to take the path of least resistance. We would rather send uh, a proposal with some pictures or whatever it is we sell or, or provide, whether it's a product or a service, than actually get in front of someone and speak to them face to face. But you aren't going to win as many sales if we trust the literature to do our job for us. All right. So let's continue to talk about that. And as to why, why we need to give more presentations and why we need to give, be more adept at giving presentations, as a matter of fact. So uh, one of the things was this. There was a survey done and they said that your audience is 43 percent more likely to be persuaded if you actually meet with them and give them a face-to-face presentation, a formal presentation using visual aids or actually using your product or giving them an opportunity to use your service. They're 43% more likely to be persuaded. And I'll give you a perfect example of that. I have uh, two clients in Detroit, and I taught them both the same thing. They're they're competitors. I, I taught them both the same thing. Get your audience physically involved. And one of my rules is this. Never tell someone what you can actually show them. Never tell someone what you can actually show them because if you say, oh, listen, you're supposed to say that. You're in sales. But if they see it themselves and they say it, it's true. Never tell someone what you can show them. So both of these companies had a client 
they were competing against each other, and this prospect was interested in, in being able to to do online ordering of their product. They wanted to be able to see the inventory. They wanted to be to see the status of a shipment. All of these things. So one of the the uh, the competitors showed PowerPoint slides of the process and of each uh, web page where they were going through the process. And the president literally got bored and walked out of their presentation. The other competitor actually got the president involved and had him do an actual order online and actually had him walk through and see the status of the order and had him do the tracking. Get Take a wild guess which company he did business with. So get them physically involved. And that's why they're 43% more likely to be persuaded if you get them physically involved in what you're doing or what you're presenting. The other thing was this. Research identified that customers and prospects were willing to pay up to 26% more money for the same product if they got a chance to feel it, touch it, see it, or see some example of it versus just you sending them some literature along with your proposal. We're willing to pay up to 26% more money for the same product. Uh, I'll give you another example. I was in, in Seattle. And I was working with a company, and, and I was making this point. We have to get our audience physically involved with whatever it is we provide, and we need, face, we need to be face-to-face with them. And the VP of sales for this company said, you know, Ty, you're right about this. She said, because, and I hope I'm, I'm not trying to offend anyone who drives a BMW, okay? But she said, Ty, you're so right about this because I used to feel anyone that drove a BMW was yuppie, Pine scum. <laughs> See, she drove an Acura, and for whatever reason, she th- she thought Acura hung the moon. Well, it was her lease was up on the Acura, and it was time to lease another one. Uh, and in Seattle at the time, they had a BMW slash Acura car dealership. So she went to the dealership, thinking she was going to get another Acura. But she had a savvy sales professional. He said to her, uh, you know, BMW has recently introduced a brand new model designed for executives like yourself. And I really like you to test drive it and give us your professional opinion of it. And she said, well, don't waste your time or mine because I hate BMWs and the people who drive them. Now, when I, when I talk about this story, I ask many of the, the representatives that I'm training at the time, I say, how many of you, if the client said that to you, would just go ahead and start showing her the Acura? The majority will raise their hands. But this person, this particular sales professional, used what we call courteous determination. And instead of, you know, bowing out, this is what he said. You know, he said, all the more reason I think I'd like for you to test drive this vehicle Because, first of all, I think you will give us an unbiased opinion. Secondly, it will give you something to gauge against the Acura just to confirm that it still truly was best suited for you. All we need is a five-minute drive. And she said, if you want to waste your time or mine. And then she said, Ty, when I got into that vehicle 
and I closed the door, it blocked out the rest of the world. Then she said, oh, Ty, then those leather seats, they just embraced me. Then she said, Ty, I turned on the engine and the engine purred. It had a purring engine. And she said, I had to turn right to get into traffic. And it went from zero to 60 in 3.7 seconds. She said, Ty, I now became the thing I hated. I was now yuppie pond scum. But think about what happened. He got her physically involved. It would have been easier for him to say, well, when she said, nope, I don't even want to waste my time or yours. Well, here's a brochure. No, he, he hung in there and got her to get involved with the product. And once he got her involved with the product, she got emotionally involved with the product. And that's the other reason we want to give more presentations. We want to get people emotionally and physically involved. Because if most people just want to make a logical decision, all right, they just want to make a logical decision. And normally that has to do with money and it's always too much. But if we can get the emotion involved, if we can get them to touch it, open it, sit in it, close it, take it off, put it back on, then we get them emotionally involved. And when emotion and logic come into conflict, Nine times out of ten, emotion is going to win out. Why do you think when you go into a clothing store, and and I know this is especially true for, for, for men, if we're going to look at suits, the first thing that salesperson does is he takes that coat off the rack, off of that hanger, and he puts it on us, and he has us in front of a mirror. And then we start thinking about how good we look in it, And before we know it, we're walking out with a suit or with shoes or whatever it is. So customers are willing to pay up to 26% more money for the same product or service. And, you know, it it just happens consistently. The house that I'm in now, I purchased uh, 13 years ago. It was way over my budget. And I did not want to see the house. The lady said, my my realtor said, Ty, I, I know... Um, what you're looking for, but we can't seem to find it in the budget you've established. Uh, I listed a house two weeks ago, uh, but I got to tell you, I think it's exactly what you're looking for, but it's far more than what you want to spend. I said, well, if it's more than what I want to spend, no need for us to look at it. And she said, Ty, we're only three minutes away. I'm taking you there. I said, if you want to waste your time, but let me tell you something. When I walked into the house, it was like I was watching that movie, The Sound of Music. I saw daffodils flowing. I saw butterflies just dancing around. Uh, I'm in that house because she showed it to me. She got me emotionally involved with the house. And the, the time is flying. And I got a feeling we may we may have to do an, a, another show on presentations. Uh, but it's time for us to take another short break, our last break. And this is Ty Maynard. And you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I'm your host, and we're on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we're talking about how to be more effective in presentations and in being a presenter so we can win more business, so we can delight more customers. And we were recently just talking about why it's important to give uh, more presentations versus just sending out proposals and sending out uh, some brochures along with it. And we don't want the brochure to do our job for us because it cannot do the job as good as we can. Okay. So uh, we were just saying that uh, we needed to get them physically involved. So let's talk about, you know, some of the, the most common mistakes that may happen in presentations. And and one thing is a poor first impression. And normally when I ask my audience, I say, so give me some examples of how we can make a poor first impression. Uh, some of the things that I normally hear back as a response is by being late, uh, by not uh, having our equipment uh, pr- working properly, or by rushing around at the last minute trying to prepare things or the way we are dressed. Uh, so there, you only get one opportunity to make a first impression and we want to make the best impression. Okay. Uh, another way is another mistake is not having you not having a clear objective regarding the outcomes you're looking for. And one of the, the recommendations I would have is we need to be clear on, you need to be clear on, what do I want my audience as a result of this presentation to walk away thinking, feeling, or believing about my product, my service, or my company? What do I want them to walk away thinking, feeling, and believing? And then you work Prepare your presentation towards that end. 
All right. You know, another example is dull, dry, boring presentations. It's like you really don't even want to be there. And I promise you, if you act like you don't want to be there, your audience is going to be right along with you. They don't want you to be there either. As a matter of fact, they don't want to be there. So we have to come up with ways to engage our audience. And, and, and one of the best ways to do that is to get your audience involved as much as possible uh, in, in whatever it is you're doing. If there's something that they can actually do themselves, let them do it. But my recommendation is practice instructing someone on how to do it before you do it to the client for the first time. All right. And, and just to give you another example, uh, I had a client, one of my students, their customer said to them, uh, well, you know, hey, listen, all these products are the same. And so we feel like we're looking at apples to apples. So the only differentiator is going to be price. They're apples to apples. So one of the things she did that we, that we came up with on how to, to use their words, which was pretty interesting, when she showed up for her presentation, she had about five people she was going to be presenting to at this particular company. She had a bag with her. And then she reached into her bag and she pulled out an apple, a red delicious apple, and she sat it on the table. Then she pulled out of the bag another red delicious apple and set it next to the first one. And then she reached in and pulled out this huge red delicious apple and she sat it next to the first two. And this third apple was so big, it dwarfed the other two apples. And she said to her audience, she said, I know you feel you're looking at apples to apples. She said, my goal today is to show you why our apple, and she pointed to the third one, the huge one, why our apple is going to be the best one for your organization. And from that point on, she had her audience because she was able to change their paradigm, their way of thinking. When they thought all apples, you know, apples to apples, what she did was she showed them that you may be looking at apples, but there are even differences in apples. So that was an excellent uh, approach that she took and it helped her win the business. And I had another guy who was working with uh, a dairy company, and they basically told him that, you know, hey, the same thing. Listen, your product's the same as every other product, and the only differentiator is going to be his price. And, you know, he, we talked about that beforehand, and when the, it question, the comment came up, he just said, you know, well, that's an interesting point you make. Uh, I know you're dairy, so... Is it the same with milk? When I go to the grocery store the next time, should I only be concerned with the price of milk and, and no other, nothing else about it? And the guy said, no, 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 no. There are differences in milk. Uh, there are different homogenization processes and pasteurization processes and whether it's organic. And you can't make a decision on milk just based on the fact that it's milk because there are things that go into the making of it that you can't see with the naked eye. And he looked at the client. He said, sir, it's the exact same thing with what I provide. And the client said to him, wow, until you put it in my world, I couldn't understand 
what you were trying to say. And this goes back to what we were saying earlier. Try to anticipate beforehand the tough questions that your audience, that your client or prospect might might bring up. And then you want to come up with the appropriate response and you want to practice the response. The key is not giving presentations. The key is getting better at giving presentations because what I, what I'm willing to, to commit to you is this. If you will focus on giving better presentations, not only when will you win more sales, but you will win more sales quicker and at higher margins because you will do a better job of linking what it is you provide, whether it's a product or a service, to what your client or the prospect is looking to accomplish. All right? So there's so much to talk about, and we're going to continue to talk about I think I'm going to have another show on presentations at some, at some point, and then maybe next week, because th- there's so much about this topic. But, you know, speaking of this, I have a, a workshop coming up, and it's called Time Manners Fast Track Sales Camp, where we cover the gamut. We run the gamut on all of the skill sets necessary to be successful in this wonderful, wonderful profession called selling. All right. It's Ty Maynard's Fast Track Sales Camp. You can Google it or you can go to TyMaynardGroup.com and go to the tab that's called uh, uh, training and you'll be able to look at the information on the upcoming Fast Track Sales Camp. All right. It'll be held in Tampa. I have people that come from around the country and it's intense and we will give you the skills to unlock your potential. So once again, we're at the end of the show. Also, we also have a new product called the Quest Deck Discovery System. And this system is designed to help you in the discovery process to learn what your client or prospect is looking to accomplish. It will help you get to the essence very quickly of how you can be of service to them. So check it out at questdeck.com. And it's sold on the Apple Store, on the App Store for Apple, all right? And it's for the iPad. Well, listen, we had another wonderful evening on how to get more proficient in giving exceptional presentations. We'll be back next week. I look forward to you being here. Tell your friends and colleagues about it. Uh, download it and, if you, and get on the podcast. But we look forward to continuing to help you in your quest to be the best. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, forget patience. Let's sell something. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something.